Great to have you on this morning, listening to the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way. We're getting towards the business end of things, guys, around quarter past eight, 12 past eight to be exact, and still some good guests to come. We've got Stu Clark, Brad Davidson, and Michael Maxworthy joining us, and Stu Clark is our first port of call with the final test of what has been a big and long summer upon us, and Andrew McDonald and Cam Green with COVID, so they'll be isolated from the team somewhat. Stu, how are you? Yeah, mate, all good. Don't know whether you caught that, Stu. I was just saying Cam Green, Andrew McDonald, they're in COVID lockdown as such. They're going to be restricted a little bit from the team, but it shouldn't impact any of their involvement in the test on the on the field anyway or off it when it comes to Andrew. Uh, morning, boys. No, it shouldn't. Uh, oh, well, the way the whole COVID situation is now, they, they isolate them, keep them separate, but they then allow them to, to partake in the game. It, to be fair, it's happening, you know, a bit in Sydney grade cricket, because I, I, I know it's Sutherland. We keep them isolated away from everyone else and they play on. The only question is, are they well enough to play? Um, and for more reports, listening and watching the TV, they, they seem okay, but... You don't want to spread it right through the team. That wouldn't be good. What are you expecting, buddy, from this West Indies team? Uh, under lights, day night, or pink test, uh, <laughs> and a bit of rain around. How many days? How many days are you going for? Uh, mate, oh, Will you be doing the five days? Do you? Yeah. What are you doing Sunday? Uh, I, I'm actually not going up to Brisbane, so I won't be there. But I was only booking three. Um, I know. <laughs> the uh, Oh, look, I think the, you, know, you just you just mentioned all the conditions there. None of them are in the favour of the West Indies. Uh, well, Steve that, Smith no. thinks they are. Smitty come out, yeah. I think. He's got to tell himself that. Sure. <laughs> He's got to I tell himself. I couldn't believe what I was here. Smitty will say he thinks the pink ball is going to suit this West Indies yeah. attack. Like, that's uh, good, but you've got to make more than 80. <laughs> is it going to seem too much for, for them to hit it, or is it going to keep missing it? I don't know. I, I, the way I look at it, it's going to do a lot. They're going to have to – their technique got found out in Adelaide yeah. when it did a little bit. Um, they don't have the, the experience to sort of do it, and I don't know, to be fair, how much pink ball cricket they've actually ever played. So uh, it's going to be hard work. There's no question about that. So they're going to have to find a way to put on a better performance than they did with the bat in Adelaide. With the ball, well, the conditions will be in there in the bowler's favour. All reports are the wicket's got a little bit of greenness about it too, so that isn't going to help either. But, uh, yeah, I think the bowlers will enjoy it. I'm not sure the batters are going to have much fun. I guess the positive is, given the weather, they probably do only have to survive three days. <laughs> is that all? That's good going into a test match, isn't it? Boys, awesome in the last address by the coach. Boys, <laughs> it's a five-day test, but if we get to day three, we're right. Just the rain. Yeah, I know we start today. Just get to Friday and we'll be sweet. Here's we're clutching at straws when we're trying to find ways. If we don't lose 20 uh, wickets in one day, yeah. you're saying there's uh, Stall for tactics. <laughs> stall. Uh, look, it's... Uh, it, yeah, you've got three of the world's best fast bowlers, if not the greatest ever quarter, uh, threesome of fast bowlers, plus Nathan Lyon. He might uh, he might put his feet up for this test from what I'm hearing. He mightn't do too much. But no, they won't, internally, they won't be saying that. They'll be trying to find ways. But as I said, just without the experience or the, the class within that team, it's certainly going to be a tough ask. You know, um, Carlos Brathwaite, he's going to have to bat for two and a half of the days, I would have thought, if it has to get the day through. Stewie, I, I feel... Uh... 
not patriotic because I, I think I'll be watching more of the India-England game than the Australian-West Indies game. You know what, that's on, and that's, there's something captivating about watching cricket for in, from, from India. You know, the wicket spins, it bounces, it does all things different, so different to what we get here. Um, we'll certainly have the, the Australian Test match on in the background. There won't be, no one's not going to do that, but you're right, there's a lot of interest in that series over in India, especially I think one of their blokes couldn't get a visa to get in, he's gone home. Did you see England are only named one fast bowler. Yeah, four spinners, one quick. Well... I, if you remember the last time they played there, the game ended in two days again because the wicket just spun square and all the rest. It really depends on the wicket they're, they're going to produce. I'd, I'd suggest it's going to spin, but do that at your own peril, I reckon, in India, because look at the amount of times in the second innings Muhammad Shami or um, Jasper Boomerah or, or Siraj gets wickets because yeah. the ball keeps low, doesn't bounce, and it reverses. And um, going with all spinners... It's a risky move, mind you. Maybe they don't have the quicks to to be you know to penetrate like the Indians do. They've just got a plethora of fast bowlers now. Mm. What about this BBL final last night, mate? What'd you make of it? Brisbane Heat exceptional throughout the year. So were the Sixers, but um, were you surprised uh, that the Sixers won the toss and bowled first on that pitch? Uh, a little bit. We were, I went out to the game and. Uh, I think they were they were banking on the the Jew coming in and sort of cleaning up the pitch. I think that's what the game was. Uh, the wicket looked a bit too paced early on, and certainly with the new ball, um, and just standing around talking with a few different blokes. And Ian Healy was there, just because we were watching. He, uh, he we were both saying one sixty five is probably on par, maybe just you know five runs, ten runs more than they would have hoped for. Um, turned out to be well more than that. You lose a wicket early and then keep losing wickets throughout the match. Um, you know, there's that old school, you know, you know, we always talk about it, runs on the board, pressure, big final, all the rest of it. That sort of got blown out the window a bit in the World Cup final where we all thought the same and, you know, Travis Head came out and smashed him everywhere. So I think I was a little bit surprised, but then I thought, well, maybe they're not, they don't play with any fear anymore. They reckon whatever the other team gets, we'll chase it down. It looked to be a good crowd out there, Stewie. How many were there? It was massive. There was been forty thousand plus. Was there it really? Forty thousand yeah, plus. Yeah, it was. Yep. It was a nightmare yeah. getting in there, and it was a nightmare <laughs> getting out there, getting out of there. But in a good way, in a good yeah. sense. Then that means there was people. It was actually an interesting sort of look. It was just a bunch of families and kids all dressed in in pink or magenta, just having a great time. It was actually a really good atmosphere, and it was a shame about the result. That was about the only sad part about the whole night. What about Spencer Johnson, mate? We spoke about him earlier this morning, talking about how, you know, if someone goes down, then he's not going to be the next one up. You've got Morris in front of him. You've got Boland in front of him. Do you see him as a test match bowler, or do you think he'll be pigeonholed as one of these guys that just play white ball cricket? I certainly hope they're not pigeonholing him as a white ball cricketer, because you watch him play, and he's only been on the scene for a couple of years now, but, you know, he's Six foot four, he swings it, he bowls left arms, and he bowls fast. So, um, you know, if Mitchell Stark went down tomorrow with an injury, mm. and you wanted that variation in the attack, I, I, I don't know how he's not in, not in one of the Australian setup teams. Like, how come? I, I don't know what's going on. How they're not trying to blood this guy? And yes, Boland, great bowler. Yes, Lance Morris, you know, on the verge of playing um, for Australia. But I, I would have thought of all the bowlers around the country, Spencer Johnson has all the attributes to be. A fast bowler and a very, very good fast bowler. Tall, fast, shapes the ball. Like he's someone we should be working with. I, I just can't see how he's not in an Australian setup or what the reason is. And 
I hope it's because they're trying to keep him for red ball cricket because I'm pretty sure he wants to play test cricket. That's the reports. But I'd be oh, I'd be devastated if he just said I'm going to play white ball cricket because I think he's got so much to offer. A uh, text came through earlier this morning and I genuinely don't know the answer to it. You may know. Abbott yesterday, so in the second last over of the innings, but his last over of the innings, he took a wicket with the fifth ball and the sixth ball. Now, yes. B- BBL's now over. Is he on a hat-trick first ball of BBL next <laughs> series, next season? I don't, I don't think hat-tricks carry over from game to game. I don't know. The BBL rules may be different, but it certainly doesn't in test cricket. It carries over from innings to innings. So like Murph Hughes. The Murph Hughes one is probably the most famous one, where he gets a wicket in the against the West Indies back in 1980, but I don't think it carries over from game. Well, I'm certain it doesn't carry over from game to game. 80, 81, was it? Or have I... I don't know. Oh, that's 89. A, yeah, I, I do remember. That was across two innings, different days, and three overs, I think. That's the strangest test hat-trick I've ever heard of. But, yeah, I can only assume it has no, to be done. the same match. No, yeah, it, it, I can tell you it's done. It's not a... It's not a um, hat trick over a course of two or three games. That'd be that'd be because you could get a hat trick off the last ball you last over the last ball of the next game, and that'd be over three games. That'd be ridiculous. If he gets a wicket with the first ball next series, I think he should lodge a complaint. <laughs> but I'm just trying to if he, if he oh, who's oh, got the wicket, Sean Abbott, if he can yeah. even remember this <laughs> next year, well, he deserves to have a hat trick. Well, you know, that even he, Sean's not going to remember, let alone us. And Merv's, <laughs> Merv's story is that he didn't know. He didn't know he was on a hat trick. He didn't know he got a hat trick. Steve Wall came up to him and said, "Mate, I'm pretty sure you've got a hat trick." Merv said, "I would know if I got a hat trick. Thanks." Mate. <laughs> and he goes, "No, I'm sure you have." And he goes, "How sure is sure?" And he goes, "I just heard them say it over the speaker." You. You got a hat. You got it this week. At this week, so he had no idea. Yeah. Benny, anyway. Benny, you're you're a good bloke, right? And well, I, I like you, but you've completely lost the plot. This morning. Well, well hey, Stewie, 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 before you go, I just did you miss Monday, this. Tuesday, Wednesday? <laughs> I, I, never had the plot. I just I just want to read this text message out. Yeah. Benny Way with a powerful Chilean speech. It might rain. Day three, gentlemen. So let's try and get to then. <laughs> is he available for corporate motivational gigs? Snackers from Canberra. So he's obviously inspired, Snackers. Mate, you're going to gig here. Trying to give hope where there isn't right. any. All right? Uh, trying to get combo before you walk oh, out. Mate. Walk out for the toss. Mate, I had a mate. <laughs> saying that. I had a mate who played in England in rugby league back in 1988. His name was Phil Hurst. And I played, I lived with him in, in camp. And he played for a club called Workington. And it was in the Challenge Cup. They were taking on Wigan. And he said, the coaches there talking about how they're going to play well. And all week, Phil and another Aussie, I can't remember the other, other Aussie in the team, was sort of pumping the guys up. Come on, we'll give it to these blokes. You know, this because they're Wigan. They're the greatest team. We'll do this and we'll do that. And the coach was on board. So all... Week he was just positive in the dressing shed before the game, the final rev up. He was positive until he said, "And boys, let's go down fighting." Ah! <laughs> 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 and the players were oh, oh, the energy. They got beaten by a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> well, from Ben Churchill to Stu Clark, great to have you on. Boys, have a good day. Losing the plot a little bit here on the Big Sports Breakfast, and with that in mind, let's. 
restore some normality and go to a man that never says anything too controversial, interesting or nipply. Brad Davidson, how are you? Good morning, guys. I just wanted to know how you're getting uh, getting along with all your uh, Taylor Swift pieces. I'm not sure if you saw the email yesterday in the in the Tabcorp email about you know a couple of Taylor Swift tickets up for grabs, but you've got to uh, uh, lip sync your, your favourite Taylor Swift uh, song. I'm just wondering how you boys are getting ready and if you've got any advice on what I can do to try to win the tickets because my wife is absolutely, ever since she heard about this, she is pulling out every costume out of the wardrobe and, and uh, I think she's got me in a tutu at this stage. Well, I think I'm going to have to do something as well, Dave. I, I didn't know about that. Mm. No. I'll have to try and win them for my kids. Geez, Davo's optimistic thinking you two would read your emails, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. But I essentially our our peoples and culture department sent out an email saying... Peoples and culture is that what it's called? department. HR. I, I, don't, I don't know. But HR. There's, the, there's your reason as to why I don't read my emails. Anyway, they sent... Well, they know you very well. But anyway, they sent out an email saying, hey guys, Taylor Swift tickets were impossible to get we're giving away two. All you need to do is send through. It was to Melbourne Flights of Com, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Davo. So we'll, so we'll, exactly right. All you need to do is send in a video lip syncing to your favourite Taylor Swift song. Check it out. Oh so watch Loz go on the Loz weekend. Watch him go on the weekend. When does it have to be done, Bob? Yeah. Sunday okay. night, Loz. Sunday, Sunday night. night. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, now you've got, more now you've got up, Davo. <laughs> yeah. Loz will be dressed up, ready to rock. Yeah, I'm a, and, and, I'm a know, Swifty. The... I'm a Swifty, but I don't want to watch her in concert. I don't want to go to the concert. But yeah. I, I'm a Swifty. I like her. Yeah, I'm a Swifty. But we... I've got no interest in going to the concert. Uh, Maddie's a Maddie's a Swifty. I feel as though the majority of the female contingent are Swifties. But mm. we went and watched the concert in mm. cinema, uh, and it was like a concert in there. Everybody was up dancing. Gold yeah. class, real waste of gold class. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she enjoyed herself, so that was good. Uh, Davo, you've sidetracked me. While I am sidetracked, uh, I should ask Michael, I forgot to ask him earlier on, Barbie was snubbed a little bit with the Oscars and your friend Margot Robbie... Oh, no, poor thing. Was oh, I sent her a text. She's all right. She's, You're happy she's to... a bit disappointed, but she's she's still doing fine. She's happy. She, life's good. She probably made about $15 million. I appreciate you volunteering fine. your services to help console her. But yeah, Davo, you are on... You are on to talk racing, and we've got good fields at Randwick on Saturday. Who were the horses that jumped out to you? Yeah, it's shaping out to be a strong program again, guys. Um, look, uh, running by, I'm not sure if they're going to Sydney or Melbourne, but he's probably the shortest, she's probably the shortest priced uh, favourite on the program. Does look awfully hard to beat again. High Blue Sea, we get to see him again after his impressive first up win. Now steps out to 1,400 metres too, so... Yeah, it looks a, a decent card. It's going to be nice and, and warm the next couple of days. So uh, I'm sure they'll be pouring a fair bit of water onto the track to uh, to keep it sort of in that uh, good four range. But uh, shaping up to be a good program. And, um, yeah, good to be back at, at headquarters again. I see you've put Naval College in our multi, Dover. You've had a crack too. Top two. Oh, I know. I know. I, well, well, I did. In, in my defence, I was asked to do it at 3 o'clock yesterday before prices were out. And when I did it, I thought, oh... It's going to come up short, isn't it? I'm going to be a fool here, but no prices, so I, I do feel a little bit bad. But I hear we're getting seven bucks anyway, yes. so obviously someone's put in a, a good price. So hopefully that'll be a, a put in takeout Naval College in top two, and then the other one we can get home as well.
Yeah, so that market is up at the moment. So Warwick Farm Race 2, number 13, Zadaki for Luke Marlowe to go top three. And Michael Maxworthy, Sunshine Coast Race 9, number 12, Viminelli to run top three as well. With Naval College, top two for Davo. That's paying $7. Gamble responsibly. Uh, Imperatriz, I mentioned Cranbourne. It was actually at Mornington, that jump out. And, you know, everyone's always going to say, geez, she looked good in the jump out. I can't wait to see her back at the races and more specifically in Sydney, hopefully for the TJ. Yeah, exactly. It'll be great to have her up here. I think she's returning in the, the Lightning Stakes next month. But look, there's no doubt in my mind, guys, she's the, the number one sprinter in Australia at the moment. Um, just having a look at the ratings and what she's done, I know a lot of people say she hasn't beaten much down there, but uh, I think you could probably say the same thing to a degree up here. You know, the form out of the Everest hasn't exactly sort of been... Super, super strong either. So I just think when you got when, when you got these horses winning and winning well, you just got to line them up in terms of all the ratings and the time and everything like that. And she's in all the databases that I use. She's about a length, a length and a half clear. So um, I'm giving her a top gong at the moment, but really looking forward to seeing her clash with the likes of Think About It and horses like that um, if they do clash. Obviously, um, come in in a couple of months' time. So going through her paces nicely and uh, looks to come back a treat. So I assume, like many of your selections, well, we'll see you on Sky Racing, but you'd be on Bet's Friends as well. But High Blue Sea's the one, is it? At this stage, yeah, I've only done sort of a few races um, a bit behind, um, obviously being Thursday morning. But, uh, yeah, look, I think he sets up well. High Blue Sea, unfortunately, they went up $6 tab, and he's about $3 now. So that's uh, the early bookmaking for you. But, um, yeah, he, he won really nicely fresh. I think 1,400 suits. He's going to be able to settle a little bit closer this time around as well, guys. So I think he's going to be awfully hard to beat. And at this stage, with sort of only four or five races done on the card, he, he's sort of the standout for me at this stage. This is the Big Sports Breakfast. It's been a big show. Thanks to all of our guests and, of course, to you guys for listening as well. I'll just quickly scan through these tennis results before... Uh, we get to a few other things. Carlos Alcarez has been knocked out of the Aussie Open, beaten by Zverev 6-1-6-3-6-7-6-4. Daniel Medvedev prevailed in a marathon match. He beat Hurkat 7-6-7-4 in that tie break, 2-6-6-3-5-7-6-4, a minute short of four hours. That one went for uh, Kin Wenjeng defeated Kalinskaya 6-7 and then 6-3-6-1. And then uh, Yastremska made history as well. So that's the qualifier. Uh, for those who don't know Diana Yastremska too much, uh, she is the first qualifier through to the semifinals in 46 years, having beaten Noskova 6-3, 6-4. And the number two seeds, Matty Ebden and Rowan Bopana, they were up against the Argentinian duo of Maximo Gonzalez and Andre Maltini. And it was briefly suspended that match. They had some bubbles on the court. They moved courts, and then they got the job done, 6-4-7-6. So that's great news on that front. Uh, the Brisbane Heat, they won the Big Bash overnight. Cam Green and Andrew McDonald have COVID, so they're going to be kept away from the rest of the squad. Travis Head, we'll just have to wait and see on that front. Uh, Australia's named a 14-player squad for next month's three-match T20 series against the West Indies. And Pat Cummins, Steve Smith, and Mitchell Stark are all sitting out that trio of matches while Mitch March was named captain, which is really good to see. The Test match kicking off today, and at the same time, England play India. Rugby league news, Loz. The Bulldogs have reportedly made a play for Panthers Premiership winning flyer Taylor May to gauge his interest in going to Belmore. Any thoughts there? Uh, yeah, he'd be a handy pickup, Ben. Um, obviously, the, the Dogs are recruited heavily this off-season. 
um, and it'll be a different team, different look about the team to next year. So you can never get uh, too many quality players. So the dogs are trying to strengthen up their outside backs. The one that did catch my eye was Tavita Pengai Jr. There's some talk that the Broncos... Yes. There was, he was seen at training, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And that was reported, but he, he said he was just there having a, a look at training, getting some autographs um, for some from children. Um, but the Courier Mail are sort of now starting to report that there might be an opportunity for him to go and play with the Broncos at the back end of the season. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I think he'd be a handy pick-up for Broncos. The Broncos have lost a couple of experienced players. Yeah, uh, They lost Thomas Flegler, who was outstanding last year. Uh, for the Broncos, they've lost Herbie Farnworth, uh, so they could be, you know, a middle short. We know what Tavita Pengai Jr. can do. Uh, he played State of Origin uh, last year, albeit it wasn't his best performance. But there's no denying he's got plenty of talent, and in the right system, I think he would thrive. But again, it comes down to you know what your attitude's like, and the team environment you're in, the systems you have in place, and if the Broncos can get him. Firing, I think he'd be a handy addition in the lead up to finals footy. Duffy's text in. I'm very happy to acquiesce to this request. Duffy, morning boys. Can you give a big call out to my new wife, Holly, having her birthday today from your biggest supporter, Duffy? That's lovely. Good on you, Duff. Hope you're spoiler rotten, mate. Hope you get to celebrate 25 years just like Loz got to yesterday. I just hope you don't have work at 5.30 in the morning. The day after all of that happens. Uh, other news. So Doc Rivers taking over as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think a few will say, geez, how long can he ride on the success from many a moon ago with the Celtics? I reckon this is the final Doc Rivers gig. If he doesn't hit the mark mm. with a very, very talented Milwaukee Bucks team, mm. There will be serious queries. I don't know whether he would get another go. If he goes on with the job and they manage to... You would think they would probably have to win one in the next couple of years for it to be deemed a success given the roster that they've got. If he does that, then obviously onwards and upwards. It's very ruthless, though, that decision, isn't it? Like when you're running second and then you're 30 and 13, I think it was. Yeah. I know the expectations are high for Milwaukee and their defence is not great. But still, first-year coach, you, you'd expect that it would take time to find some rhythm under a new manager? We were great term you just used because we were talking about this off-air the other day. You're not a coach. Mm. No, there's, that's exactly there's no right. such thing as an NBA coach. Their job is to manage, manage to deal with the egos. egos. It's just like in the EPL. It's just like in the Australian mm. cricket team. And we were discussing it in reference to Shane Warne and Buchanan only yesterday. Mm. Shane Warne was a big critic of Buchanan after, you know, 10 years after the event, essentially. I think Buchanan released a book and might have uh, claimed success a little more than a few of the players would have liked. No, Warne was tough on him when yeah. he was coaching. Oh, was he? Straight to his face. Yeah, he, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't something that happened after the event. Right. It was, uh, he didn't think, he wasn't a big fan of John while John was coach. That was very well known. Well, see, the brilliance of John was that he, he was able to keep egos mm. and relationships that were, you know, probably hot and cold over the years together and keep everyone united mm. and on the same page. Oh, I think there's no doubt at the highest level, um, it's it's a management role. Like, you're not uh, – and especially these days when you've got specific 
coaches in place. So you've got a batting coach helping the batters, which a lot of that is throwing them balls. Mm. Um, y- y- your technical skill is developed before, well, it should be, before you get to the highest level. Yes, you still learn the art of playing at the highest level for some of these young guys when they're there. But in regards to skill development, you know, the basic fundamentals are learnt well before you get there. So your job as a, as certainly as a head coach these days, is to manage mm. all the players and all, all the staff. You know, I think Cricket Australia travel with 16 or 17 staff mm. members now, 15 players. Yeah. So that's, you know, your head coach has got a, he's yeah. in charge of, he's in charge of that off the field. And then you'd think the captain's in charge, certainly in cricket, the captain's in charge of the, the 11 on the field. I, I think that's why you see so many uh, recycle coaches getting opportunities in the NBA, but also the Premier League soccer, because you're dealing with players on huge amounts of money. Yeah. You've got to keep their egos in check, and these people have been around the game for such a long period of time. They, they have good reports. They build them, and then they break them, basically. And mm. either players get upset with the manager, or the manager gets upset with the player, and then there's a disconnect. And once that disconnect happens, then they move them on. But I reckon the more experienced ones have a bit of a a better idea on how to handle most situations because they've been confronted with that in the past. The NFL, I think, is distinctly different. Such a tactical game. You're calling plays. Yeah. That, to me, is a coach. But that is a very specific sport that kind of requires that. Allbids.com.au are supporters of the Ricky Stewart Foundation, and they currently have an online auction for a Harry Trot. And you may think, Harry Trot? An 1890s Australian Test cricketer. I think he captained the country at one point, uh, born around Collingwood Way. But they have a Harry Trot bat, and it closes this Sunday. So the auction is there. To bid for the bat, head to allbids.com.au. They are proud supporters of the Ricky Stewart Foundation. It's time for us to welcome Michael Maxworthy, Sky Racing's Queensland expert. Maxie, great to have you on the show. And, geez, we've got some good racing coming up tomorrow and Saturday. Yes, Ben. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we've got um, a couple of really big days up here right across the long weekend. Eagle Farm racing tomorrow. And it's uh, metropolitan status. But the main meeting, guys, is coming up on Saturday for Sunshine Coast. It probably officially closes our summer carnival, which has been rolling on for months. Uh, we've got the, uh, the Sunshine Coast Cup, sponsored by Coastline BMW on Saturday at the Sunny Coast, a listed race over 1,400 metres, and we've got a fair bit of New South Wales interest in that race. By the sounds of it. So we've got Eagle Farm tomorrow and Sunny Coast Saturday. Uh, yeah. Where's your... Where's most of your money going? Well, probably um, Sunshine Coast, I'd say, Ben, because there's a lot of established form there, whereas tomorrow um, at Eagle Farm, it'll be following on from yesterday at Doombin. Like, there's a lot of horses. We only had seven races yesterday, so a lot of new horses lining up at the farm tomorrow. I do have a a winner, hopefully, there for you. But, guys, um, we've got the Sunny Coast Cup. It's race number eight on Saturday, and... The favourite for the race is Kinlock, trained by Chris Lees, Andrew Mallion to ride, and he was unbelievable first up winning at Randwick, coming from last. He's the $3.60 favourite. You've just got to trust that he can repeat that. He was $31 when he was first up, but I'm interested in a couple of mares in the Sunny Coast Cup. Uh, they're very similar. They're both five-year-old mares, Chatty Lady and Esson. 
Esson trained at Warwick Farm by Richard Litt. There wasn't much between them in the just now. Two starts ago, and then they both ran on the same day at Doombin, and they were both really good in races that didn't suit them ideally. But this is a perfect race. 1,400 big stretches of the sunny coast for both of these mares. I'm just giving the edge to Chatty Lady over S1. I don't think there's a lot in it. Chatty Lady is at $8, and S on is at $7 at the moment. So we'll get that way in the main race at the sunny coast on Saturday. Any tips anywhere else around the country, Maxie? Yeah, well, coming up tomorrow, um, we'll see if we can get something out of Eagle Farm. And in race seven, John Rambo is dropping back dramatically in class. Now, since he won a maiden a while ago at Eagle Farm, there's been a big rap on him and he hasn't quite delivered. And I think the connections realise that now after an unplaced run in the gateway and also the rising stars on wave day at the coast. So he's way back to this uh, midweek metro status, way back in grade. So I think he can win. Uh, that's uh, race seven, number five tomorrow at Eagle Farm. And also in race six, a horse called Last Chance Saloon, number three, trained by David Van Dyke, Michael Rod to ride. He was an acceptor for the Sunny Coast Saturday as well. Drew well in, in both uh, both races, but they're elected to go tomorrow. He scratched on Saturday. So 6-3, Last Chance Saloon. You'll see where he was beaten in narrowly last start. Clearly, he should have won that race and won it easily. He was badly held up. So a couple for Eagle Farm tomorrow, 7-5 John Rambo, and then race six, uh, the race prior, number three, Last Chance Saloon. A big thank you as well, Maxie, Adam Pengilly and Laurie Daly, both too scared to get involved <laughs> in the BSB multi this week, and I appreciate you stepping up to the plate with the third leg. So that's Sunny Coast Race 9, number 12, Viminelli, who's currently on the third line of betting, went up $13. You have that yeah. horse to run top three into $7.50. Just tell us a little bit about that runner. Oh, look, I actually think he's the best bet of the day. Um, yeah, $13 was just mouth-watering when that went up yesterday for this guy. It's probably because at a glance, you'll see he's two runs back from a spell. He's finished fourth and then a zero, but he's had no luck whatsoever in particular in that uh, that big race at the coast recently where he was badly held up turning into the straight for about 100 metres. And once Dimonelli got clear, he really picked up the bit and, and hit the line. This is much, much more to his liking. 1,200 metres on the big track. Uh, so I think um, you can play him each way all day. I don't think he can miss the place. He's got the good barrier to boot. So, yep, I think that's a... A good bet that, um, what do we have? Top two, race nine on Saturday, number 12, Viminelli. Top three. Top, Top three. three. Yeah. Okay, get yep. on. Yep, done. <laughs> Paying $7. Gamble responsibly, but that multi available on the tab app now. Enjoy the weekend, Maxie. Okay, thank you, guys. See you. This is the Big Sports Breakfast. It's that time of the morning when we head up north. Steve Hewlett is on the line. Steve, what's coming up on your show? I'm going to chat to Mick Kent, Jr. He's over with Big Price at Caraca looking at yearlings at sale on Sunday, of course. And I'll get an update on the good horses, you know, Globe and what you need. They've got a horse in tonight that I think they have almost declared, uh, even though it's going to start short. And they've got Ayrton running and a few other key runners over the weekend. So I'll talk to Mick Kent Jr. Also, Matty Hoisted. I want to get the latest done on Common James and a couple of other horses. Uh, so Matt Hoisted will join me. Of course, Steve O'Day, his training partners in New Zealand as well at Caracas. And John Miller, it's a big day at the Sunshine Coast on Saturday. He's the boss up there and he'll tell us about the weather and some twilight meetings that may be planned for the Sunshine Coast to coincide with Hong Kong on a Sunday um, during the summer period coming up in a few months' time. So a lot of ground this morning.
the cover. Night racing, a very big priority up there in Queensland by the sounds of it. I look forward to hearing that. Thanks very much to Steve. And Dave Stanley joins us as well with a big show ahead. How are you, Dave? Good, mate. Looking forward to it. Uh, First off, we're going to chat with Annabelle Neesham, Chris Roots, Rod Northam, Adam Campton, Matt Dunn and Jack Penfold from Tamworth. They've got a big day at Tamworth today uh, with a... um, a bit of a country music cup, and obviously it's been the country music festival in Tamworth all week. And then tomorrow, obviously, we've got the Aussie Day races at Warwick Farms. We'll try and find a winner there. Saturday, some good racing with the Carrington at Randwick. No punters panel this week because, obviously, tomorrow is a public holiday, so it'll just be standard racing HQ, Marlow in the chair for your Aussie Day morning. So we're just going to try and find a winner today, Benny. But I think I've got one. Oh, yeah, this would be good. I okay. think I've got one. Oh, a, 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 Come what on, price yes. first? Well, it currently is with the tab. If you do your shopping, three seventy did open eight fifty. So yeah, no, that's all right. I've missed the first bus at the bus stop, but it's called Flying Maple. It's race three, Rockhampton, horse number eight. It's first up for Ricky Vale. Ryan Wiggins is on board, and it had a trial at Rocky on the twenty first. More importantly, forgetting all the form. Mm. It's come from a good mate of mine who has been giving me some mail of late. He gave me some Dubbo mail the other day. Our listeners may, if they listen to the punters panel, heard some Dubbo harness mail, which won. And he has given me some tips before from Queensland, country Queensland. So so he's cross-code. Cross he's cross-code, probably majority Queensland. But he's one of these blokes, he's not in the racing industry but he seems to be well-connected and get information for right. horses. And I didn't really know about his... So he's not a form analyst as such? No. no. And this is the thing. He's one of those mates where I didn't know he had these sort of connections until I started working here, and he would then send me the odd tip. And because he'd never sent me the tip before, You'd brush I him. basled him, yeah. and then they'd win. So I've sort of learnt to, to listen, because he's obviously getting it from somewhere... Nothing untoward, but no. it's just one of those mates that gets yeah, information get... and you think, how does this bloke... Yeah. I like the wide stuff too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, going off... The more the random the venue, the more trustworthy the yeah. tip appears. Yeah. For sure. If you get tipped a horse at wage and, wage and harness... That's true. You <laughs> think... I know you laugh, but, but honestly, <laughs> that's so true. We, we will be... I could stand be standing beside Benny Way... Ready for the Kosciuszko. Ten minutes till the Kosciuszko. We've been talking about it all week. And if Ben's phone goes off and says, I've got something at Gilgandra, get on. Yep. Yep. Oh the race. that We would leave the television <laughs> yeah. and we would be straight to an EVT Honey, or something. Yeah, at Gilgandra. Just. Mm. As you do. Because you, you, you do. You think, wonder why that is, that psyche that you think, oh, because it's a. Uh, because it's just wide, random. Random. I think, yeah. Well, you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes at Flemington. You're not no, sneaking one. You're not sneaking one. Sneaking no. one through at Randwick. No. Whereas if somebody says to you, you know exactly, Gilgandra. Or... This horse has been working. Yeah. They've been working at two With in the morning. Mail. No one, <laughs> no one's seen it. I love a Kalgoorlie tip. Kalgoorlie, love it. Yeah, it's a gold, gold mine ah, right. out there at yeah. Kalgoorlie. No, the more around in the venue, the more yeah. trustworthy for sure. Oh well, that sounds like it's going to be a. A big show. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks very much, guys. I've loved See the boys. past four days. See you, Dave. Well done, Benny. Yeah, awesome, Benny. Great job, mate. Thanks for sledging us. I, I feel as though there was... No, you've been great. It was both ways. No, you've been great. But I probably did... Just yeah, watch out Hemi in the shower when you get home. Bullets. Just watch out Hemi. Uh, I think Jared is desperately looking forward to coming back. He's had a big off-season. 
and he almost needs the normality back in his life. From having seen him up on the Gold Coast, he was certainly enjoying himself. I had a few questions, actually. Oh, I was about to say the same thing. I haven't spoken to Mido since day one of the cricket Mm. in Sydney. I've spoken to him, and I've still got a few questions that I think need to be asked on air. So a couple, if you can do me a favour, a couple to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should come on as a guest. Definitely. No, a couple to ask him. One is about the golf with Pengilly. Yes, and the the sprinkler sprinkler incident. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? Where he's been for the past well, few I'd, weeks. You're going to get an edited version of and that. And who he's been with, more importantly. Well, you're not going to get the truth on we'll that see, front We'll either. see about you that. You need to be careful. Uh, there was another one. <laughs> I'll make sure to send it through to you. I had about two or three that I needed to pick his brain on. Love and it. we might be misled, but that's okay. Uh, it's been great fun the past four days. Enjoy your public holiday tomorrow, everyone. This has been the Big Sports Breakfast. They'll be back. Loz, Clarkie and Jared Middleton on Monday.